When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host. Rob Bradford. Uh, there's nobody literally on this planet that I would rather have on the podcast right now than Andrew Bailey. Um, wow. I don't know. I don't know if we've talked since 2013. I don't know if we talked. Yeah. I don't even think we've crossed paths. No, you you sent me an out of the blue. I'm not going to say when you texted because it's a little sensitive, but you sent me an out of the blue text a couple of years ago asking me about something. And I'm like, Oh, man. Right, he lives. Had to do what? Had to do with David Ortiz. Okay. Yeah, but it was like, like clearly you think I'm in the know more than I'm in the know. But anyway, um, but it was good to hear from you and a good reminder that I had your number and my cell phone. So that was good. So Yeah. No, I, I appreciate it. I can always count on you to get back to me, even though if it's, you know, every five years. So, <laughs> it's um, good. but no, it's, it's good to be on. Thanks for having me. Um Super excited to be back up in the Northeast and and with the Red Sox. So uh, really stoked about that. Why, why, why did you do this? Why did you why did you come across country? Your brand was never hotter in San Francisco. Why did you yeah. cry? why did you do this? Yeah, man. I think uh, there there's three things in life that that I want. Uh, I want to be a good husband, a good dad, and work in baseball. Um, and I was at a point in my life where. I wanted to kind of bet on myself um, to up the standards of the quality of life uh, that surrounds work. So, um, you know, being close to home was was paramount to me uh, and for me and whatever role and capacity that was, I, I was open to a lot of different ideas. Um, you know, fortunately, it's, you know, and there was an opening in, in Boston and, um, you know, he, here we are. But um, yeah, I mean, I think at, at that point in time, I I just was, you know, been at this game for a long time. I've been very, very fortunate. Um, I love every single minute of it, but I really just want to maximize the time with my family as much as possible. And doing the the East Coast, West Coast thing as the kids get uh, get older is is just getting tougher and tougher with, you know, their schedules. You know, my daughter loves, you know, is in theater programs. My son's, you know, playing baseball and basketball. And, um, you know, we have a three-year-old as well who, you know, enjoys doing gymnastics and, and dance class. But um, yeah, no. So I, I, for me, man, honestly, it was like if I could get an extra 20 nights a year at home, um, it means the world to me to be able to to wake up and take my kids to school. And, and that's all I'm looking for. So, um, you know, that 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 was really the impetus behind me wanting to leave San Francisco. So how long did it take between when your good friend Craig Breslow got the job and the community and, and he asked you to take this job? You can you can say it now. Like it's like listen, it's, it's great. No, um, yeah, no. I, to be honest, um, I you know I've had I had conversations with you know others in the organization you know prior you know after they moved on from the previous pitching coach. Um, you know I 
I had, you know, I was putting feelers out there to a variety of organizations and I had talks with, with Boston, you know, prior to, to Craig being hired. So um, it, this wasn't dependent on Craig getting hired. This was a uh, job that I was um, seeking. Uh, and, and I really, I really wanted to see if we could work it out. Uh, Craig, Craig obviously ended up getting hired and we had some conversations and uh, as an organization, I, I totally understand uh, the diligence in which they need to act and make sure that they vet, you know, all of the candidates and uh, very fortunate to to come out, um, you know, as a pitching coach and, and being hired in that capacity. So uh, it wasn't just like Craig gets hired, Andrew gets hired or anything like that. It was obviously there's a relationship there. Uh, super stoked for the opportunity to, to build uh, and to help build and, and win uh, World Series here with the Red Sox and compete with Craig in a, in a different level, you know, in a, in a different capacity. All right. There's three guys who have 2013 World Series rings. I was going to say who are in uniform, but unless Craig Breslow is wearing a uniform, which I fully encourage. I mean, let's let's go. It's about, yeah. it's about, about time uh, chief baseball officers start wearing baseball uniforms. Come on. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, but three guys have, have rings, 2013 okay. rings. You, Cora, and Breslow. Like, is this the, when you get on Zoom calls with – People. I don't know if Cora does. Cora doesn't have. Oh, oh no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not 2013. He had third. He is a 07. Oh, yeah. That shows yes. you how old I am. They're all merged <laughs> together. So they all merged together. But when you get on Zoom calls with players whose last name rhymes with Shimamamoto, um, you know, do you say, "Hey, listen, we know what it takes to win." Yeah. Has this, this has definitely come up that you guys have won World Series. Yeah, I mean, it has to, right? I mean, we everybody around the game. Um, I don't think you have to live in the Northeast to know what an amazing um, culture Boston is, what an amazing, what amazing fan base. And there's really no other city like it. Uh, and to win in Boston is like nothing else. Uh, you know, I'm a little biased because I was fortunate to, to ride the coattails of a really good team and, um, you know, be a part of, of something special. Um but man, when you when you think of Boston, you you think of you think of the Red Sox, and and you have people that travel to that city just to go see Fenway Park uh, and to see the Red Sox play. It, that's pretty unique to um, that city, uh, the city of Boston. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, the Northeast uh, has a has a bias from fan base, and you know, quote unquote, demanding. No, man, we just want to win. Um, you know, and it, it, we're not doing our job if we're not winning baseball games, and. Um, you know, so at the end of the day, it's, it's about winning. Uh, it's about winning multiple championships. It's about building something sustainable for a long time. Uh, that's not just like coach speak. Um, we're, we're passionate about it. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah. So on zoom calls, like you have three, three figures within the organization, um, that have experienced winning world series playing. We know how impactful and powerful it can be to us personally, to us as a team, uh, and to ultimately the fan base. Um, and we're passionate about it, man. That, that's why, that's why all three of us want to be in Red Sox uniforms is because we want to, we want to experience that again. That was a test. I'm actually cutting that video that last two minutes. And oh, so for those zoom calls that you can't show up to, we're just going to play that for prospective free agents. All right. Yeah. hundred percent. But yeah, no, I mean, I think like, there, there's a lot of layers to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's fairly unique to say that, you know, as an organization, um, 
you know, uh, if, if players are looking for jobs post career too, there's openings as well. So um, you'll never for, listen. I, I there's something to be said, and not be, because I covered you and covered your, their teams. I mean, there's something to be said. They're being around players and being around teams, and I know what. Uh, I know that, you know, you had a, the bump in the road in 2013, but still being around you, I knew sort of that you were a good teammate. You were a smart guy there. You were a part of that fabric, um, which so before we get to the here and the now, I do want to reflect on uh, two things that I remember covering you. Be- yep. Number one, I just mentioned this. So we were going to bring up the fitness test in 2012. Because it's we're coming up on best shape of our life season. I don't know if you know this, Andrew. One hundred percent. Everyone's in the best shape of their life. Everyone's in the best shape. Or as Ryan Brazier honestly said, I'm, I've never been in the best shape of my life. So, <laughs> uh, but in 2012, you guys did the Valentine year. You guys did fitness tests, right? Mm-hmm. And your vertical jump was off the charts, but there was a price to pay for it, right? Um. Uh- yeah, I don't remember the the price. You, st- you strained your lat. Oh yes, 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 yes. Testing. Uh, like why? Into- why do you don't? Here's here's my first bit of advice for you. Okay, as pitching coach, yep. don't do vertical jump tests for pitchers. It doesn't matter. Uh, it, there, there's there's some matter in there. I would oh, say, but I th- okay. I think I think I think like reaching at like peak height uh, probably isn't you know indicative of of the output of, of an athlete. But, um, yeah, no, I would incur. I, yes. Uh, Rob, I, I, I think that some vertical tests jumping, uh, there is correlations to, you okay. know, velocity and output, um, you know, understanding, you know, what we need to work on with each athlete, um, from, you know, whether it's pitching, strength and conditioning, medical SMS lens, whatever that mental health, uh, there's a multitude of departments, but, yeah, I, I I forgot that man. I, at that point in my life, I, I literally couldn't do anything without getting hurt. I don't know what it was. Uh, my body's sign of just like just giving up on me. But um, anyway, yeah, that, I do remember well, that now that you said that well, I was signed okay. on for a little bit. This is fair. So you all these years, I've been saying don't do any of this because it doesn't serve a purpose. You, this is your first step of educating me. Thank you. That there is a purpose for doing it, and this is coming from someone who paid the ultimate price of hurting their lat doing it. So, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Of course. All right. Of course. So the yeah, second- like for, there's a difference, like force production, right? Like you got to the the delivery is a transfer of energy down the mound. You put force into the ground by the rubber. You accept force on your landing leg, and you can measure those two things. And we know that like the more force applied into the ground. And if you're able to accept that force, uh, works up the chain and out the hand, and we increase velocity. So um, that's like the rudimentary version. So I like, oh, man, you're good. Already, you're passing. And, and so because you, now you got me geeking out, uh, I want to get your. This was not the the list of lists of. Uh, I don't want to say questions because I don't have a list of questions. But but since you're talking about all the scientific stuff, one thing that you know, I know Kenley Jansen, for instance, he did a good job of. He was always working out and always doing, and he knew that the pitch clock was going to be a thing. And I saw guys doing more sprints. So tell me, as long as we're geeking out here, tell me how the pitch clock affected how you condition pitchers. Yeah, um, I, I would lean on uh, one of our 
strength and conditioning coaches for that in terms of uh, changes and adaptations they made to uh, the strength and conditioning programs. But um, in terms of like training on, you know, last off season or during spring training, we literally just put pitch clocks in the bullpen and um, kind of started practicing. And then we iterated to, through spring training and uh, grew accustomed to it. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, recovery, you know, if, if, if we, if we change the rate of recovery and their workouts, um, that could be a change. Uh, but at the end of the day, like I just had a question, you know, I was on a, on a call with like major league baseball on, on something. And, you know, at the end of the day, like the heart doesn't know if you're like going to run 20 poles or if, you know, you're riding a bike for whatever, it's getting the same, you know, the same work. So um, yeah, with Kenley, man, he's a hard worker. Um, definitely knows what he's doing. He's been around for a long time. Uh, he has his routines dialed in and, um, sometimes they're, they're hard to change when, when, when those, when those implements change. So, uh, he did a great job of, of making those, uh, changes as well. Yeah. I'm just curious because you know more than I do. Um, one of the many times I will say that over the course of this year. Um, so the other part was you had, you tell me if, if you remember this or if I'm wrong. You identified your thumb issues, right? When you had your thumb issues? Yeah. Off of looking at a baseball card. No, I so I got in a collision at first base. Uh I remember But the way uh, the way that you were gripping the, the ball. Yeah, so grip the ball. I go I used to go thumb under. Yeah. Um and the previous day I pitched against Pittsburgh. Um were they in Bradenton? Is that right? Yeah, Bradenton. Yeah, yeah. So I pitched at Bradenton. There was a there was a play at first base. Um, the through the throw like first baseman kind of bobbled the ball. It went into foul territory. I was sprinting, and he had to throw the ball through the baseline. Kind of caught it on 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 this side of me. And when I went to put my hand out to stop the runner, he ran right through me at his hip and snapped the UCL in my thumb. So I didn't really have like pain. Um, I was just like, out, like what, what happened? Um, went to go like squeeze a shampoo bottle and like, I couldn't lift, I couldn't squeeze it. And it just like fell out of my hand. Uh, and then the next day at practice, I'm trying to throw a baseball and like, I couldn't put any pressure on my thumb. It would just like, it was broken pretty much. I tore the ligament. Um, so yeah, I, I did, I remember this because I remember telling, telling someone in the media, or a coach about my shampoo bottle experience. And then that got into uh, media. Um, and it was like, Andrew tore his thumb squeezing a shampoo bottle. And that wasn't the, <laughs> the case. Um, so, but that's why I was like, that was like, I went to go like shower after the game. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? It felt weird. It wasn't like immense pain, but I couldn't squeeze. And it was like, it was really strange. But maybe, um, maybe it was after, I don't know, but like I, I just, Mike Ryan, like the whole baseball, you had, you, you, you noticed that you were holding the ball a certain way by the baseball card. Uh, yeah. I always went thumb under. Maybe yeah. That's unique. Um, you know, the pitchers hold the ball differently. I leverage my thumb a lot. I put a ton of pressure on it and I just literally could not throw a baseball. Perfect. So, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with my story. I like it. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think there was something where Reinhold saw a baseball card of me. It was like, hey, you throw with your thumb weird. And I was like, yes. uh, this is how I've always thrown a baseball. And 
And maybe that backs your story. I, I don't know. So. Absolutely. You you saved me right there. You, you saved yeah. Me. Uh, so, yeah, that was it. And then Beckett had the same thing, and he threw the ball very similar to me. Uh, it was a big thing. So then everybody was like, is there a correlation between thumb UCL injuries and uh, the way you hold the baseball? And I don't think there is. So Perfect. We, we, get to the, we get to where I needed you to go. So I appreciate okay. it. No doubt. All right. So let's let's talk about the one of the obviously besides being able to be home and and going to new organization, but now it's I really find it interesting about what you 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 gave the pitch for Boston. You gave the pitch for the Red Sox, which I'm sure has happened before. But then from your your perspective and your job, it's to this is for let's say prospective free agents. Um, this is what we see in you. This is what yeah. we have. This is what we envision going forward, right? Am I yeah. correct me if I'm wrong so far? Yes. Yeah. yeah, spot on. Right. So uh, let's go with the guy that we know that you signed, Lucas Giolito. Take. Yeah. I think people will be really interested in sort of taking me through that process from your perspective, from what you did or what you saw and what you are seeing and and how he felt and his reaction, all of that. Take me through that. Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think like every organization, we're able to identify, you know, certain things um, using our variety of departments working together. Um, this is not a one-stop shop. Um, I, I view myself as a consultant to players. Um, you know, they have their agents um, that they surround themselves with, family to – help them support business decisions, contract negotiations. Uh, we we want to be their consultants for, for pitching, for baseball. Um, we, we want this to be a two-way street. We will provide them, um, you know, insights and um, data to support and information, thoughts and ideas. Uh, we definitely take their thoughts and ideas in as well. Um, this isn't like, hey, you have to do this or you can't come here. Um, we, we want it to be uh, – in order to sign with the Boston Red Sox, I want to know that like, Hey, this is what we identified. And like, this is what we want to work on. If you want to be a part of that, like come join us and we're going to do it together. Um, you know, and that doesn't stop throughout the course of the season. Like we're always supporting our players with information and data and definitely not going to hide the ball. Like that, that's like one of the biggest things for me is like, Hey, we got We got to be better here, whether it's certain process metrics or, or whatever uh, delivery or, the way we're attacking hitters, uh, pitch shape, whatever it is, um, you know, compliance to nutrition or strength. Like, there's so many departments. So definitely want to be a sounding board for the players. I'm fortunate enough that, you know, surrounded by a lot of great people uh, that are really good at their jobs. I also believe that, like, I am not don't need to be the, the vessel in which delivers the information. Um, we all have relationships with uh, our, our co-workers differently. Uh, and if a pitcher has a better relationship with a bullpen coach or an analyst or, uh, you know, a trainer, like I want I want that voice in the room when we're having conversations um, and maybe even sometimes them delivering certain messages, um, because if if I if I don't have the best relationship with the player it doesn't make me a bad person. It just means like, hey, we don't five together and that's OK. I, I, I can't I can't do it all by myself. So um, leveraging the people around me to get the best out of them to help get the best out of the players is, is the way I like to work. Uh, and, and Lucas specifically, you know, you're talking about a guy who's not very far removed from being one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, you know, there's some things that change, you know, you, you look to do certain things uh, and always evolve 
uh, and develop. I, I really do believe that like players don't stop developing at the major league level. We can't stop developing at the, uh, we can't stop development at the major league level. Us as people are never done developing. So like, why should just pitchers in general and like what you do for work? Uh, I also think that there's a certain um, knowledge of like knowing your strengths and doubling down and tripling down on your strengths and like when to start stretching for kind of gray area and, and certain other um, attributes of pitching, whether it be pitch shaping or velocity or, you know, whatever, um, you know, trying different things in areas of the zone. Um, sometimes when we dabble in those areas, um, we get out of whack, you know what I mean? Or something happens, there's always a cause and effect, generally speaking. And sometimes when we can kind of identify what happened um, to, to kick you out of how you like to move or the way that the ball comes out of your hand and we can help you get back to the best version of you um, using all of those different departments, putting a plan together to help you do that. And then we go out and execute. So I was going to ask you what you, what you liked in Giolito, like what you said, okay, this is what we see. We liked in you, but I'm going to off of what you said, it seems like, there might be something, and, and listen, this is this is happening in baseball. The Dodgers are notorious for it. A lot of you know, you got, did it with the Giants. Of let's focus on the pitch, right? Let's focus on your strength. What you just said yeah. with Lucas, what is the thing? What do you feel like his strength is? What is the thing that yeah. you feel like you said? Hey, yeah, we feel like if you lean into this a little bit more, then yeah. it'll take you net to the next step. Yeah, I mean, I think like high level view of, of pitching in general. Uh, there's certain things that make big leaguers, big leaguers, um, you know, knowing your strengths is priority. Uh, what separates you from the packs? Sometimes that's, you know, physical, mental. Uh, sometimes that's, you know, pure velo. Sometimes that's a certain pitch shape. Uh, but typically speaking, there's one or two things that separate you, um, you know, from the group and makes you outlier, makes you um, unique. Um, you know, and we can double down on that along with like being in the zone and being ahead of counts as, as, as much as you can. Um, but with Lucas, I mean, I believe that every, you know, you look at every, most every pitcher around the game of baseball is a, you know, who's created a name for themselves has an identity. You know, Lucas is known as a deception king with, you know, an elite changeup, you know, and, and that's, that's been his bread and butter. And, um, we kind of got away from that for a little bit, um, you know, tried to dabble in certain areas. We saw, you know, I don't know, Rob, if you're familiar with a break chart, are you familiar with like a, a break chart, pitch break no. chart? Well, just say that, say that I am, but I want our listeners to be more familiar with it. Yeah. So like the break chart's kind of an ecosystem, right? There's like, it's a live ecosystem. If you, if you chase, you know, horizontal break on a slider, you know, the, the changeup may come along with it and, you know, you might kick it out of, uh, out of a certain movement profile, but, um, that, that's really like subtle there. But I, I think like, yeah, I think we've seen things change, um, you know, not with just, you know, Lucas specifically, but like other pitchers as well. Um, and just putting him in a position to succeed surrounding our players with support, um, you know, love and empathy to be the best versions of themselves every single fifth day or every time they, they come in the game. Um, that's what we want, right? We want to, we want to maximize their production, um, not only for the Red Sox, but for themselves uh, and putting our guys in a position to succeed every single time they touch the mound is, is the kind of the name of the game. So helping Lucas, I mean, the, the gist of the story is just helping Lucas get back to the best version of himself. 
Yeah, but I think you nailed it. Honestly, like I think it's sometimes you just need that reminder. This is why you're so good, you know, yeah. and because and that's OK. That's OK. It's OK to be so good. You know, like what, what inhibits us from being great is being OK with being good. Right. Like, you know, we chase greatness uh, sometimes to the to the, the the detriment of ourselves. And now we just aren't even good. We just are. You know, we, we struggle and being being complacent in t- in terms of like being good is makes you great in this game because this game's really hard you play a long time and if you stack together a lot of really good years you're a great player i t- tell you what baseball isn't boring has been more so motivational last week i just told you that we had nolan jones on and nolan said his turning point was, was when his mother said to him Des- nolan jones is good enough nolan jones is good enough yeah. Lucas Giolito is good enough. That's what you said. There you yeah. go. Brian Bayo is good enough. Brian you know, Hunter Crawford is good. Like all of these guys, they're good enough. We just have to get them understanding what they do really well. Um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of like, you know, um, tweaks here and there or whatever we need to do. But yeah, man, embrace who you are um, and and go, you know, um, and and just attack, you know. Can you, get, can you give me another example of maybe a guy, you know, on the staff that you've looked at? that sort of might trend that way. Um, and obviously everybody's different and obviously everyone has a different story and it's not just as simple as say, Hey, you go throw that pitch. But this for maybe for you on this staff that you've looked at or you had conversations with is really intriguing when they start simplifying it, you're excited to see what that might result in. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I'm, I'm, been working with and we've been communicating with over the last few months um we've just kind of finished another round of you know player plan calls so to say as we approach spring training and guys are all working on 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 different things you know i i think there's a there's a there's a high ceiling for a lot of these guys you know you know bayo cutter crawford pavetta all i mean obviously the the starters come to mind um you know the relievers you know i think there's some uniqueness into um you know, some roles and some different things in the bullpen as well. Um, it's kind of undefined right now, but uh, in terms of the rotation, I, I, I think as a pitching staff, you know, we can, we can take a step forward uh, in, in a few different areas, but leveraging our best weapons um, as often as we can is, is the name of the game. And, um, you know, I think you're going to see that this, this upcoming season. Well, it's, you mentioned Bayo and he's an interesting one because you, you everyone gets excited when someone learns a new pitch. Like everyone gets, but at the same time, to come back to what we're talking about, well, you know, this guy has a really good changeup, pretty good fast. How would you, how would you view Bayo? Is he is, is he one of these? He's so young, and I'm like, he's learning so on the fly here. So how would you, how do you view him in terms of that? What we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, his changeups devastating. Um, You know, did he use it enough? last year did he did he leverage his best pitches as often as possible um you know which counts did he leverage his pitches in um there's there's growth and development uh and maturation with young players that that takes time um understanding his strengths and what he does and what makes him outlier i think there's another righty with a pretty good change up from my previous employer that was young when we first started uh that's turned into you know an upper echelon pitcher in the national league and uh, I think there's a lot of similarities there, um, you know, and 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to to work with him, watch him compete, watch him grow. Um, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows during the season, and and I think if we can take our practices and routines and our education and understanding to another level individually, um, pitching and pitching at the major league level is tough, man. It's it's walking the tightrope, you know. Um, and if we if we fall off that tightrope and that net is a hundred feet below. All of a sudden, we're looking at three, four, five starts a month and a half before we can pick ourselves up. But if we have understanding of what we're trying to do, if we know our strengths, if we have our routines and our and our goals dialed in, that net is now ten feet, and it's we drop for two innings, we drop for three innings. Maybe it's a start, and we're right back on because we we understand who we are as a pitcher, we understand our identity, we understand our routines, and what makes us tick. Uh, and we can just jump right back on that horse because we have a really high level foundation. So building the foundation, building the floors higher uh, is kind of what I'm about. Um, and and we'll get there. It's just, you know, things take time. Um, but I can I can I can promise you that we'll we'll be we'll be we'll be uh, in, a, in a position to succeed. Before you go on, do you get excited talking about this stuff? I mean, this I love it. Yeah, I love it. I want to go pitch right now. Rob. Well, that's what I'm talking. Well, that's what, that's my main goal. It's like I should like to. You know, we had Lavello on last year, and I said, "Give me your, give me your." You know, you know how they all have like the managers have the speech to the whole organization spring, first day of spring training. Give me yeah. your speech. <laughs> it ended with "Let them buy their teams." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But 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 that's but this is I'm wor- letting you workshop your speech to the pitchers. So you're welcome. Yeah, well, I appreciate. It. I mean, they've all heard it. Um, you know, I've. <laughs> It's, 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 it's uh, what I believe in, man. I, I believe in like anything. It's like, you know, we're a byproduct as humans of what we've done for the last 90 days. And if you can take a look and if you haven't had consistency, uh, accountability and any urgency in your life in the last 90 days, whether it's for you and what you, what you want to do, whether it's your work, whatever it is, like you're going to have nothing in 90 days from now if you don't if you don't understand what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. So when you when you speak about like specific pitch movement, I think generally like understanding each individual pitch and what we're trying to do and accomplish through not only like execution but from from a movement standpoint and the utility in the arsenal um is very very valuable. So uh a lot of education, um a lot of uh doubling down on strengths uh, taking a look at usage uh, and leveraging our best weapons as often as possible. All right. Here's another question, which I don't have an answer to because I don't, I've never been a pitching coach and I've never uh, been a pitching coach in the off season. Uh, you guys get a guy named Richard Fitz from the Yankees. Um, yep. From your perspective, I'm interested to see how that comes about. Um, and, and with the understanding, I get it. There's a lot of people involved. There's, there's a ton of people involved in this, but for you, Andrew Bailey, is it? I knew this kid. He was on our radar when he was with the Giants. I knew of him. Um, maybe I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. Uh, hey, Andrew, will you take a look at the video of this guy? Like, and then obviously you prioritize him and you get him. Yeah. How does that work? How how did it work? Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, um, I I. Don't know all the all the ins and outs of every trade and acquisition. No, so um, so so you didn't. So they weren't like, hey, who do you like in the Yankees organization? So all right, I just want to. No, I mean, like you know, I, I think there's certain certain um, players that I'll take peeks at, and um, you know, we have we have a multitude of of 
um, staff that are probably better at the acquisition side of, of things. Um, that's not my, you know, kind of MO, so to say, um, learning and developing, um, getting better at that, trying to understand that. But I think there's a, you know, certain things, you know, Brez or, you know, someone in our department, you know, maybe like, Hey, Bales, can you take a look at it and let me, you know, let me know some thoughts. But, um, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, Richard before, before we acquired him, um, didn't look at him in San Francisco. So there's certain guys that I, I may have, um, looked at previously, but yeah, from, from that, that, from those acquisitions, yeah, that's not really like what, what, no, that's the, fair. Uh, what that's fair. And like, and I, again, you're answering my question. I don't know how this works. Yeah. So have you, have you had a chance to look at them since? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, between him and Greg and, and some other guys, yeah. I mean, every, every pitcher that we're looking at, um, you know, whether it's the cutter, the fastball, the slider, you know, um, all of that stuff, you know, I think there's a player plan development through the director of pitching, our, our different um, coordinators, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, obviously our analytics group, um, you know, so there's, there's, there's uh, collaboration on a lot of these plans and every plan and uh, working on a, on a variety of, of um, player plans. So when you look at, obviously, you know, with, when it comes to acquiring pitchers, what do you, what do you, what do you like? I mean, the the narrative with Craig is he likes Velocity. I mean, I'm I, I this I'm don't get me wrong. I'm not painting this with a broad brush. He likes okay. velocity. Like yeah. for, for you in this day and age of pitching, we know strike one's important. It's science, right? Yeah. So for yeah. you, when say that you have these free agent pitchers, and not necessarily even the higher end ones, but guys that you maybe want to acquire. What is yeah. it? What are the things that you like to prioritize? Yeah, strike throwing. Um, oh, there you go. All right. Yeah, um, I, I think we all know, you know, what the count leverage tree looks like. Um, you know, in terms of expected slug and damage as the at bat goes on. Um, you know, first pitch strikes is huge for me. Um, you know, I think you know, um, winning winning the first three pitches. We have certain certain statistics um, that we that we track and monitor. Um, I think putting some accountability, um, gamifying certain things, um, being, uh, you know, as open and honest, um, not hiding the ball from where guys are at and where they need to be. What is league average? And if you're not league average, like wh wh where are we going wrong? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of those things are, uh, are what we can look at. So understanding that stuff plays, uh, in zone, if a guy has um, tendencies to, you know, be out of the zone, what are the things we can do to help him get in zone? Um, is it a mindset? Is it, you know, constraint bullpens? Is it, you know, a delivery tweak? Um, you know, is it proprioception? A lot, a lot of different things. Wait, wait, um, stop. stop. Yeah. What, what was that word? Uh, pro like uh, being right time, right place at release, um, you know, being able to control your body in space, uh, understanding and being like self-aware of where your hand is, like proprioception, right? So like, you know, how, like, does my body know where my hand is at release, um, you know, and, and creating feel, so to say. But um, yeah, there's a variety of things that go into strike throwing. Um, but I think to, to have success at the major league level, I think about it as like kind of our department, our run prevention department. Um, we are in the business of like run suppression. So, you know, 
Uh, I, I, I like baseball. Yeah, I think baseball's thriving right now. Um, you know, we, we <laughs> want to suppress runs as much as possible. So, um, you know, and, and there's there's other people out there that are trying to increase runs, right? So, um, yeah, so as long as we can keep our players accountable to the, the process in which we believe can keep runs off the board as a run prevention unit, um, it should put our offense in a really good position to succeed. It should put our team in a good uh, position to succeed. Uh, and as long as as long as we can hold true to those things, hold our players accountable, hold our coaches accountable, uh, and then find the personnel that can execute it, um, it will be in a good spot. I don't know if you can touch on this, but I just find it interesting about, you know, I joked about Yamamoto before, but he's a unique guy, right? I mean, he's a unique guy. The Red Sox has interest. I would imagine like you had some part of it, whatever. But my question is, what intrigued you about him? Like what you can, I mean, it's not like this isn't tampering. You can talk about him. It's it's okay. You can admire him. I do. He's a great pitcher. Yeah. So is there anything yeah. you can say like what, what intrigued you about that whole deal? Yeah. I mean, he's had a ton of success, um, you know, over in, in Japan and the MPB and um, young guy who, um, you know, has a really unique arsenal. There's, there's a lot to love about it. A, a lot that's untapped. Um, you know, obviously, you know, playing in major league baseball is a little bit different. Um, but you know, even when I was, you know, with San Francisco watching, you know, last summer, you know, kind of going back on video, watching his starts and just kind of, you're just infatuated with, with the, the person, the story and, and how unique he is and, um, you know, who he is as a pitcher. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's, he's a special talent, you know? So well played. <laughs> uh, but you know, you mentioned Japanese pitchers and, and Bannister was on here and he said that one of the intriguing thing about the advantage, because there's a lot of talk about Japanese pitchers of adjustments and everything else. But one of the interesting things about the advantages is obviously a lot of them come up out of the out of the, the you know the elementary school throwing a splitter, right? Yeah. And and whereas in 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 the United States it's not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um, is that first of all, I'd like to get your perspective of that. Like of 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 you studied it and Bannister obviously huge you worked with him, like huge, huge proponent of a splitter. Um yeah. so what's your perspective of it? Yeah, I love splitters. Um, splitters generate tons of swing and miss. You know, it's how we keep points off the board. Um, not everybody can throw them. It's a super unique pitch. Um, there's a there's a lot that goes into it, you know, and, and having the privilege to to work with, you know, a variety of guys with different splits. It's there's a love-hate and relationship with with those pitches, man. Um, you know, you can speak to anybody who has a has a splitter. It's literally probably the most frustrating pitch. Um, it's just so unique and, um, yeah, we, we don't do a great job of developing splitters in the United States. Um, you know, for some reason, Japan has, uh, kind of cornered the market there in terms of their ability to teach splitters at a young age. Um, you know, and it's very unique and, you know, I think I've heard heard some organizations out there, um, that have had like splitter camps and, Mm. um, you know, velo camps or whatever it is, but, yeah, we I think as an industry we understand the value of a splitter and, and how good it is in an arsenal and um yeah it's a it's a it's a lethal weapon for sure. You, you didn't throw one, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, I tried. I think the, I actually threw 
man, my shoulder was like on its, it's, it still doesn't work right. But I think Salty was catching and I had been practicing a splitter because at this point in time in 2013, like I shouldn't have been, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I was still competing um, and I was very stubborn um, and uh, I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going back on the IL. I'm not going back on the IL. And um, I started messing around with a split. I think I actually like, threw one in a game. Um, I, I don't, I forget what happened, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't very memorable. I don't, I don't know if it was like, it didn't get put in play, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's how bad I was that, back then. Well, did um, you talk you to, know. did you talk to Koji? I mean, he's, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. How do you do this? I mean, it's, yeah, I it's, couldn't do it. You know, I think it just was a unique. Uh, now, some of the things I know uh, and learned over the years, some from from Banny himself, um, I, I would it would be interesting if I could go back then. Um, I kind of live in the space right now of like, man, if I if I knew then what I know now, oh. you know, like everybody does. Um, well, yeah. Well, I was going to say this, Andrew, that that. There are certain pitchers where I would love to hook them up to the contraptions that you have these days. Koji's one, right? Koji, the, the his fastball, I don't even know if you were measuring spin rate then, but like, okay, he's throwing this 90 mile hour fastball that's like jumping past everybody. What's going on? You know, yeah. it's Papelbon in, early in his career was the same way. So yeah. I don't know if, if those guys, like, who would jump out? Like if we, like you said, if I only knew now what I knew then, yeah. but there are guys that you were, you probably at that time were like, what, how's this happening? What's going on? Yeah, totally. Totally. I agree. I agree. Was Koji one of them? Like, did you, did you guys sit there and say, well, how is this happening? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just throwing like 90 mile an hour fastballs by dudes. Um, it probably had a ton of vert and coming from a, like, uh, you know, the vertical approach angle, the fastball, you know, thrown from like, but the split was like the, the, the identity of Koji, you know what I mean? And um, that, that was a wipeout weapon. Well, all right. Well, you're getting ready. You got a place in Fort Myers yet? It's been a few uh, years. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, I don't know exactly the name of the complex I'm staying at, but. I don't tell. We don't want people going there. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I, yeah, not, not sure. But yes, I, the organization helped me find some, some housing down there. I heard it's pretty difficult. Yeah, it's all, there's a lot of things. To, listen, it's, we're not digging ditches, but you know, you, you get a month into spring training in Fort Myers, it feels like it. But, uh, but hey, it's really good catching up with you. Um, and, and, uh, you're bringing back some good memories. And, um, I, and uh, most importantly, man, like I love, I love like the, the fact that I have to tell you lower the heart rate when when you're talking about pitching, so that's yeah. It. No, I'm passionate about it, man. I I uh, it's it's like I said at the beginning, man. It's I want to work in baseball, be a good wife, or be a good husband, and and be a good father. And um, that's that's like that's it to me. Everything revolves around if if I'm not doing something in my day that like involves one of those buckets, you know, it's it's not worth my time. So. Uh, I'm passionate about baseball. I love it. Um, I'm learning to to grow in in the organization and uh, learning every, all the ins and outs. And um, it's been fun getting to know the players and and AC and the coaching staff. Uh, we'll be up in Boston, you know, here in in, in the next couple of days, and um, super stoked about that. So, uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on anytime. Uh, it's good catching up for sure. Yeah, well, good for you. you got the t-shirts coming up. Okay, awesome. It'll make that injured lat like you're never better. So it's going to be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.